Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Bills, Titans, an hour from now. Rays, Astros, right now. NLCS a little later on. And we visit with Scott Evans, the head coach of the top, well, not top rank, but still 5-0, and Helena High Bengals. Hi, boys and girls. How are you? It is Tutel New Honors, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day. Thanks for letting us ride around with you on this uh, little bit gray afternoon in western Montana. But whatever you're doing, we appreciate you letting us be there with you. If you would like to uh, listen live and it's easier for you or maybe just more convenient on the World Wide Web, we've made that possible you go to 1029espn.com you click on the listen live tab you jump in the stream the stream is available all the time thanks to opportunity bank of montana opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity if you'd like to pick up your phone and call you can do that as well 361-3688 the phone number 361-3688 all guests join us via the Ragged brothers rv phone line and don't forget 
you can text that phone number as well. We'll be happy to have your texts in here, 361-3688. Up on Twitter right now, and also if you'd like to text or call, who do you believe in more, the Titans or the Bills? And I'm not just talking about tonight, like who do you think is going to win the game. I'm just talking about long term, talking about the Bills who've been an up-and-coming team for a little bit and the Titans who are just in the AFC Championship game very nearly in the Super Bowl uh, a year ago. So who, who do you like? Two undefeated teams playing football tonight in the NFL. Uh, so let me know who you like. Go to on Twitter at Gus Tutel uh, to uh, to cash in on the poll there, or you're, of course again three six one three six eight eight. You just text us, and we'll keep a running tally. We'll get to that. Speaking of, what do we got in the show today? Coulter wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some basketball, some legacy stuff coming again out of course the NBA Finals, LeBron's fourth championship, ten Finals appearances, the third franchise he's won a title with, and specifically about Michael Jordan. Not so much a compare like who's better we're not going to do that whole thing we're just going to talk about just the different you know worlds that are occupied uh, by those two players and the differences in sort of when things happen not so much from a basketball standpoint but from a societal standpoint and uh, and what influences those might have had I think there's some interesting stuff there to tease out I know Coulter's got some questions on that we also will get into the Bills Titans game tonight we will answer the question for the two of us who do we believe in more the Bills or the Titans I can say this I like both these teams a lot a lot so uh, we'll, 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 we'll cover that a little bit and we also get into some high school stuff the MHSA has some uh, winter uh, sports stuff that we're going to get into top of the hour it is our coach's corner we do this each and every Tuesday around here and this week Scott Evans the coach that we talked to he's the head coach of the Helena High Bengal football team game of the week in the state of Montana is happening Friday in Missoula between the undefeated Sentinel Spartans and the undefeated Helena Bengals both those teams five and oh they are you know one and two two and one in the state in terms of the ranking uh, and uh, and so we can't wait to uh, see what happens in this football game also a little bit of baseball Kershaw out with back spasms was slated to start game two he has been removed the game two starter don't know how major this is in terms of a long-term thing obviously it's not good uh, for the Dodgers who are already down by the way one game to none in the uh, in the NLCS we will have game two for you right here uh, when we wrap it up on this Tuesday afternoon go six o'clock out to Arlington where hello there were baseball fans in the stadium in Arlington, Texas, for game one of that game, so uh, or of that series, rather. So we will get into that uh, in the show today. Coulter, nice to see you, my friend. How are you? I thought you are not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. I, I, I don't have any idea. First really? Of all, you never heard that I've heard, I've heard it, but I never remember. Did your mother pack up her white clothing on Labor Day weekend and put it away for the winter? No? What? No, you've never heard this before. No, I I've heard of this. Okay, like, but I never know what it is. I don't know if you're supposed to wear white <laughs> when like so many or, things in your or, life. or or when does it start? I don't know. I you know I've it's heard between the days Memorial and seasonal. Labor Day you wear white. Otherwise, you don't. Well, let me start here, and this is not directed towards you in any way. Okay. Okay. That's idiotic. Who who gives? You know, when you wear whatever color it is that you want to wear, wear whatever you want all the time. So now that's the first thing. The second thing is I'm aware like the fall thing, you get into more of the plums and sort of the darker colors and the thing. Okay. You know, if you want to do that, if you want to set your clothing, but the idea that you're packing up clothes and you're not wearing these because some day came and went, I don't know. The other thing that I'll say is uh, if you're not watching us on on SWX or on YouTube, uh, as you would, uh, I look great today. You do look great. I look great today. If uh, it was May. 
I look great, regardless of what <laughs> month it is, regardless of what day it is. Uh, and that should not come as a surprise because it's just another day and another day in which I look great <laughs> in it. But uh, the reason I might be at a particularly high level today, my daughter uh, woke me up this morning and was wearing a uh, beautiful dress, an antique dress, and uh, says, Dad, I'm, we- it's, I'm wearing this for your anniversary. As it is my anniversary mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for enduring me the low these many years, Tina. Okay, shout out to you. But she says, I'm wearing, and then she goes, and I'm going to pick out what you're wearing today. I said, great. And she brought me easily the best thing that I could possibly wear that I even have in my wardrobe, which I certainly would have not worn. But she said, this is what you're wearing today, eight years old. Put it on. And so uh, now I look even better than normal, which is, you know, not, a, I mean, it's a high bar to get over, you know, so good job for her for hooking me up with this. Uh, Coulter, you want to talk some hoops? Well, I'm, I'm in a very antagonistic mood oh, right brother. now, so I can't wait. Oh, bro. Well, I just realized while I was driving back here. Oh, man. By the way, stay tuned to the end of this segment. We have a Tagliari sandwich to give the, to you guys. The number of epiphanies that you have is just remarkable. Well, it's because the only reason I do this show is for my own personal therapy and to appease uh, you and the people that work here that I love. Yes. This is all for you guys and oh, then yes. my own salvation. The, the, the selfless giving of you on the radio. All right. Uh, what did you realize on the way over here? Uh, that one of the things I hate about myself the most is how much I cannot stand others' use of caution. Mm. That's not a good thing. You should live your life cautiously. If you do, you'll probably have a very good, grand, See, long life. I, 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 I don't know that I agree with that statement. But like when you don't run the yellow light, like when you just sit there, I, I just... it. All the things in life that no. should make you truly mad, they don't really make me that mad. I'm pretty water under the bridge. The little things in life, though, man... Like, the guy who doesn't turn left with the yellow light when I'm trying to get here is just like, dude, I know it's my fault that I am late in this moment. But still, ride the lightning a little bit. Let's go. Well, now, here's what I want to know is if if you weren't going to go. Yeah. Uh, let me say it differently. If he isn't going to go because it's too late in the yellow light mm-hmm. and you're mad, that presumes that you were also going to be right on the back of him around the corner. Yes. So you are going to be doubly late. And you but he's get, already in the intersection. Right. Which seems more dangerous to me. So I know exactly what intersection you're talking about because this yes. is how we get here. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I, it's can the I tell, only bad part about this otherwise can, beautiful new studio. That can we I tell you about what I did to whoever was behind me and it hasn't occurred to me till this very second? Tell me. I was in that exact same intersection, but I was the person in front. Mm. You know what I was doing in that intersection? Because you, you know, you pull out while it's still green to sort of reserve your spot in the event that you there's no opening until the light changes. Then the light changes, and then at least you do you go. Uh, and so I was there waiting for. There was clearly there was so much traffic I was not going to be able to get through until the light turned orange. Um, and I uh, was busy trying to get some gunk off of a CD. Okay, and you just now here's what I here. Let me tell you what I like about you very much. Ninety eight percent of the people sitting in that chair right now look at me like I got horns growing out of my head. What do you mean a CD? But you only listen to CDs in your Mm -hmm, car, mm -hmm. just like me. Yep. Twenty years after the fact. Thank you very much. Yep. So yeah, that's right. Me, the guy in the old car, sitting there trying to get his CD to work. 
because that's the issue I have. I look up. Nobody's honked. Nobody said anything. But the light is straight red. Red. And I am right in the middle of two cross sections of traffic looking at me like, well, is it that great a CD? It was, by the way. Dave Matthews live in New York. Ooh. So if you're wondering, I was trying to do this for you. I uh, haven't listened to a single Dave Matthews I, song since we got quarantined, only to save my own uh, psyche. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to miss. You, I didn't, didn't want to miss what I was gonna miss. Anyway, I hammered on the gas and I got the heck out of there. Uh, distracted driving. Don't do it, Coulter. <laughs> I got questions for you. Talk to me. Ask me some questions. So, okay. First of all, I think that in the NBA. Yes. Perhaps the thing that compels us to the NBA the most is the writing of legacies because the definitive best players have a real opportunity to write their own stories. And there is some factors that go into that. But at the end of the day, by and large, where you're quote unquote ranked in the hierarchy of the all time greatest players is your own doing. I stated on the show yesterday, as far as, because we were talking about Anthony Davis and how I thought that him accepting his position as the number two player on the Lakers behind LeBron James was actually very noteworthy and very uh, deserves praise because there really is only about 15 guys that have ever been definitively the best player on their team and led that franchise to multiple championships. It's the Bill Russells of the world, the Tim Duncans of the world. You know, there's only been of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar early in his career. You know, Lou Alcindor into Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There's only been a few. Yeah, even a guy like Steph Curry can't really say that it was his team. It, the Warriors are Steph Curry's team, but he had such a great supporting cast. It's not like Tim Duncan, who did play for the Hall of Famers, but everybody knew that Tim Duncan was the man. He was, if the Spurs are winning the finals, Tim Duncan is going to be the finals MVP. But... I think then we've gotten to this point now where since the retirement of Michael Jordan, when he retired, he was resoundingly anointed as the greatest basketball player of all time. I think that the way that he changed the world has a certain impact on the way that people view Michael Jordan, for better or for worse. I think that uh, there's so many different elements that go into the building of a legend in real time. I mean, he, he... he didn't have to wait 20 years for people to tell the story of Michael Jordan. The day he walked away from the game, the first time the legends were already huge, let alone the second time Mm -hmm. the walking away was part of the mystique so many different elements were part of the mystique. But now we've been trying to choose the next Jordan, choose the next Jordan. LeBron James had to go through this for the last 17 years. Is he better than Jordan? Whatever. I'm not here to debate if Michael Jordan and LeBron James are better or worse than each other. I think that we can agree that they're two of the greatest of all time. I think, though, that sometimes the argument gets a little bit too closed because I think that if you take into account the state of society, the talent the guys had, and then the dominance within their era, because that's the only way you can really gauge things is how did you do against your era, Mm. you have to put Bill Russell, you have to put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar into the argument, too. You have to. So, But then my questions for you, though, is, number one, do you think Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time? Yes, I do. Number two, what are the defining factors for why you believe that? Um, well, first of all, I watched him, mm-hmm. which is significant. God bless Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, even Kareem, who I did watch later in his career, and 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 all of the great players that were. But but I didn't have a chance to see it. 
you know, and that has an impact based on, uh, you know, the the obvious factors, right? Um, The other thing about Michael Jordan is I think people talk a lot about 6-0 in the NBA Finals. That's all well and good, and that's certainly significant. No NBA Finals that even went to a seventh game. But also, the, the... seemingly constantly coming through in the moment. I mean, the, the the dogged competitiveness, which was at a level that I don't think we'd ever seen before. I think we've seen guys who are um, who who are cold-blooded, as they say, and and complete, you know, everything that their their life is oriented around winning, the competition, the goal of greatness. Kobe Bryant is, is you know, a prime of, example of that. LeBron to an extent is, although he seems like, you know, I think a lot of people view LeBron more broadly with everything that he does in, you know, the production world, in the social world, in the educational world. Like his his life is is uh, a big life that that spills the bounds of basketball. Uh, and I give him tremendous credit for that. Uh, and, but when it comes to, I, I don't know that we'd seen a guy who just had the the quote-unquote instinct, but the will to work to have the instinct when it mattered to be the one to do it. And then, you know, not just more often than not, but almost always you felt like Michael Jordan is going to make the play. He's going to do the thing. He's going to win the game, whatever it is, even though that wasn't always the case, obviously. But when it mattered, it was the case. But that's, that's what I want to ask you about. Okay. Because I do think that while I agree with you, Michael Jordan is the fiercest competitor in the history of American team sports and has crafted the greatest legacy as a winner and is the greatest of all time in basketball. I think that we oftentimes we give Jordan a pass because we forgot or choose we chose to forgot the first eight years of his career. Michael Jordan never won a playoff game against Larry Bird, mm-hmm. not a playoff series, a playoff game. Period. He lost all of them three times in a row. Okay? Yeah. He never, he only beat Isaiah Thomas one time in a playoff series. Was 0-3 before that. How do you justify? The narrative is that Michael Jordan is peerless because Michael Jordan went 6-for-6 in finals and LeBron James will never catch him because LeBron James is only 4-6 and in his 10 NBA Finals appearances. Only to play devil's advocate, I would argue LeBron James was going to NBA Finals at a much earlier age. If you say, okay, the East was garbage, the East was garbage for a portion of Jordan's time playing in the East as well. It just happened to be towards the middle and end of Michael Jordan's career, not the beginning, because the East was absolutely stacked when Jordan first came into the league. Completely stacked. Completely stacked, for sure. But I just think that because LeBron James's failures were on the biggest stage, because LeBron James lost in the finals six times when there's a great deal of people around the country that are only watching the NBA in the finals. That's it. So they only see LeBron James losing in the finals. It belies the fact that Michael Jordan lost prevalently for the first eight years of his career. And we just give him a complete and utter free pass. Well, I don't know that we give him a free pass. I think that you sit here and you go, well, LeBron going to the finals the first time that he went with that Cavs team is one of the, I mean, that's one of the weakest teams of all time to make it to an NBA Finals, and the fact that he drugged them there is, to his complete credit, uh, all the way across the board, and he deserves all the credit in the world, even though the East was very weak at the time that he did it, whatever. I mean, you, if you if you do it, you do it, and it's amazing that he did it, especially with, 
you know, Anderson Verizal being the starting center for crying out loud or whatever. Okay, so I get that. Also, who did Michael Jordan have when he's playing not just Larry Bird, the Celtics? I mean, you're talking about a starting five of like Hall of Famers on those Celtics teams. So I think if you want to call it a pass, you can call it a pass. I think you also have to say it was Michael Jordan at a young age as as a second year player with nobody particularly around him going against one of the great dynasty teams in the history of the sport. So not winning a game against those teams, I just don't think becomes a demerit to him in that circumstance. Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls never finished with a winning record, not even a winning record until they drafted Scottie Pippen. Mm -hmm. They made the playoffs three times with losing records and were abruptly swept in all three of those. Also did not make the playoffs in three of the other seasons before Scottie Pippen. Michael Jordan was an objective loser until... They drafted well, Scotty Pippen. Well, that's an insane comment to make. Right. Michael Jordan was an objective stallion and one of the great players in the league from the moment he first played basketball. Right. But you can't just roll a guy. I mean, you, you want to talk know. about. You can't no. know. His name's LeBron James. No, no, no. LeBron no, no, James no. made the playoffs in year three as a 20-year-old with no one even close to as good as anybody that was on the Bulls teams prior Michael Jordan also to made Scottie the playoffs. He also made the playoffs. Okay, so so... I mean, again, your your comparison here, you're never going to get an even comparison, right? You're never going to get it. It just doesn't. It simply does not exist. But to to try and contextualize what Michael Jordan was going through, because as you said, and you're absolutely right, you can only compare the guys in the era in which they played. In the era in which they played is part of it. Also, the circumstances in which they played. I mean, that is all part of it. And I think that if if, what do you want to do? You want to put LeBron James in Chicago in 1984 and 85 and have him play against the Celtics and tell me that they're going to win a game and so then that's going to make LeBron better? I mean, I don't know. But I got Mike. I just think that the one part that gets left out when we're crafting NBA legacies is the timing of your career. I do think Michael Jordan got a little bit, I, I'm not going to say a pass. But Michael Jordan had to earn his stripes for a really long time because of how good the pl- the other players in the league mm-hmm. were. But I also think that Michael Jordan had the good fortune of being six to eight years younger than guys who in the moment were as good or better than him in terms of winning. No one's going to say Larry Bird is a better athletic talent than Michael Jordan, but Larry Bird at his peak is objectively one of the greatest winners in the oh. history of basketball. When Michael Jordan played Larry Bird. Larry Bird's a better basketball oh, player just, than Michael Jordan is. People forget before Larry Bird <laughs> I mean, before Larry Bird got hurt. Larry Bird had in my personal opinion the greatest 3-year run in the history of the NBA. Larry Bird won 3 straight MVPs, his team won 60 games 3 years in a row and went undefeated in the playoffs 2 of those 3 years. They were unbeatable. Mm-hmm. I mean if, if sports gambling was at a high level back then, the best bet you could have made in all sports was the Boston Celtics at the Garden. That's it. Mm-hmm. They were going 41-0 at home. They went 41-0 at home two times in a row. That's amazing. That think of that. Stunning. Like you, could, you were not going into the Boston Garden and winning. But I do think that Michael Jordan had the good fortune of being a little bit younger than Larry Bird and Isaiah Thomas so then he could have his prime after getting tested by those guys. Those guys made him into the hardened guy who then during his prime could dominate the NBA. I just think he had the good fortune, and this is a horrible thing to say, as a good fortune of Magic Johnson getting sick. Mm -hmm. Because Magic Johnson was supposed to be 
the peer to Michael Jordan, right? Magic Johnson, I believe, was only two years older than Michael Jordan because Magic Johnson came in the league, uh, I guess, a grade before. He, he came in the league two years earlier than Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. but he was also a grade younger when it happened. So in terms of their ages, they're not very far apart in age. Magic Johnson was supposed to be that guy. Magic did win five rings in 12 years, but his career was supposed to last a lot longer than 12 years. Mm-hmm. He has to step away from the game. You just wonder what would have happened in those circumstances. I also think that... Michael Jordan redefined the game in terms of the way that you win it. You'd never had seen an offense that was run through not a point guard and not a center. Everybody always was either running an extended fast break and letting the point guard wheel and deal or in the half court, dump it down to the big man, get it out of the way. Michael Jordan, he changed the game so much because who are the only two guys you can initiate your offense in as a off the ball guard in the half court. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. They mastered that that spot in the triangle offense, and it's because they could play with their back to the basket in the half court. But again, this isn't a debate over LeBron James or Michael Jordan. I guess the point that I want to emphasize is I think that I don't I personally do not believe that now that LeBron James is in year 17 and has four rings and four NBA finals MVPs and four individual MVPs as well. I, I don't think that there's a definitive way to define why Michael Jordan is better or why LeBron James is better. I think we just need to consider them as the dominant player of their eras, and their eras are distinctly different. Well, there, there's never been a de, de, there's there's no such thing as a definitive way to settle any debate that is one of opinion. Like, I mean, that's yeah, the nature true. of it. Now, you can tell me that Sam Bowie was the better draft pick, and you can have that opinion too and so i understand there are levels to this where it's just objectively a you know that's a falsehood okay but i i mean i tend to agree with you i find i find the legacy the legacy conversations i think are okay the legacy debates i find nauseating right and and, and that's and what I wanted to have was a conversation because I'm not challenging you on any yes, sort Yes, you of, are. That's what you're I, doing. You're coming straight at me. I don't want to challenge you on any sort of opinion. I just want to have this discussion. Okay, one more question for you. Okay. Much has been made of the spotlight LeBron James has been under since he was a, a young kid. Mm-hmm. I saw on Twitter today the, the hype video that they played before his high school basketball games. He was a junior in high school. And it's like an homage of... All the greatest basketball players of all time, and then St. Vincent, St. Mary's highlights of LeBron James. Like that's amazing, or crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But then when like when LeBron was a teenager, when he used to still wear the headbands to the mm-hmm. press conferences and everything, and he's sitting up there, people are asking him about pressure. He's like, "No, man. Like I know exactly what I'm gonna be. Yeah. I'm gonna be the greatest player of all time. There's no question in my mind." Like there's the classic one when he's 19 years old, and a reporter asks him what he feels the pressure of living up to Michael Jordan's legacy. He goes. Do you feel pressure asking me that question? No, you don't, because you're a professional sports writer, right? I'm a pro at what I do. I'm just going to do the best as I can, and it's going to be whatever it is. But my question for you is this. What influence do you think that the media and the time that these guys were playing in had and has on the way that the world consumes them? Well, I mean, utter, complete. I mean, yeah. I mean, It's just, it's worth noting that the glorification of spectacular athletes, particularly the ones that were really good to the media, mm-hmm. was such a profound and influential thing in the late 1980s all the way through the 1990s. Somehow there was this diametric shift toward instead of glorifying these guys, we're going to kill them. 
And I think that both of these guys have had that impact the way that the world views who they are and what they've accomplished. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'd say is the spotlight was so much bigger and so much hotter on Michael Jordan than it ever was on LeBron James. It's not even close. And the reason for that is because the 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 quote unquote media the the media was the avenue to the players and so whatever the i mean it's still the people's demand but michael jordan was the nba's export for you know whatever a decade eight years whatever he was the story that's it that's all there was everything else was in relation to michael jordan seemingly in the nba whereas now even though LeBron James has had this unbelievable spotlight from a very young age all the way to the present, it is a deflected spotlight because everybody has their own. Everybody's got their own Twitter. Everybody's got their own thing. People can people can look in on you, but it's not the swarm at the same level that it was. It certainly is a swarm. And to me, this is where I think the most amazing thing to me about LeBron James is not his basketball. It's not his basketball. That's the second most amazing thing to me. The most amazing thing to me is that a child not just lived up to the, the, the hype, so to speak, but survived. Like, I mean, he, he, he developed into a man in the public eye in a way that I'm not familiar with ever having seen in sports before. At that, at that age and for this duration. And how many times have we seen fame just run people right off the rails? You know? I mean, every time. All the time. All the time. Not every time, because not this time. Yeah, you want to know the two guys that but have been above it? There's been a lot of guys above it, but there's not a lot of guys who've had this level of it. Not, I don't know anybody. But how LeBron James went from being a high school kid, but having. The, the mental and social savvy, the group of people around him to be anchored and centered and not do everything right all the time, of course, even though that's what we expect and demand of you know, a professional athlete, which is crazy. But he gets, I mean, to this point where he's, he's the most revered basketball player on earth and he's one of the most revered people in general that, you, you, that you'll find. I mean, what, what his sphere of influence is is absolutely... Um, I mean, it's 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 global. It's huge, uh, and it's and it's more than just basketball. And the fact that he's done that and become um, such a solid voice and person within within the world at large, and in fact used all of the spotlight, all of the attention to a greater benefit than to have that ruin him, as I've seen happen so very many times with so very many people. We know that the long list of 30 for 30s, or if you want to get into the celebrity world or you know, the acting, music, whatever, and, 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 and that laundry list is exceedingly long. And LeBron James, to be who he is after all that, that's the most remarkable thing for me. And that's the thing that I have the most admiration for. And I would argue, and I don't, Michael Jordan, since retiring, notoriously private and all of that stuff, but whether it's, you know, everybody talks about Michael Jordan's competitive drive is the thing that did him in. And when it came to like being just a happy person, he can't be Charles Barkley because, you know, he wanted to crush Charles Barkley as a player. And now they can't be friends because, you know, on and on and on. And maybe that's all true. LeBron James appears to me to be one of the most well-rounded people you could ever find. And 
you know, his life after basketball is going to be whatever he wants it to be, and I think it's going to be great. And and not to say that Michael Jordan's isn't, and it certainly is, and I think it's getting bigger for Michael, oddly enough, and I mean that in a good way, not more famous, just broader. Um, but I, I think that his ability to live the life that he's lived in this public scope for two decades from child to man and be where he's at now is completely remarkable and utterly shocking. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't I don't know how you do it. I analyze the the elements of nature versus nurture so often, and I think it's so important. And I'm actually delving into a big project that's going to take up a lot of time my win- in this winter and even into next winter, all about the origin points of athletes from the state of Montana and the influence that they have, influence that, that their, their sense of place has on them. Mm. Michael Jordan, if you study his life, it's actually pretty easy to break down why he was and is the way that he is. Certain pinnacle moments that he felt slighted in that then he wanted to overcome and use that as motivation. It's he's so famous for, you know, the, the guy from the Washington bullets scoring 30 points on him one night. So then the next time they play, he doesn't even let the guy touch the ball. Like he yeah. makes him cry. Yeah. <laughs> That's Michael Jordan. Right. But the, that spitefulness, but also then the influence of Michael Jordan's parents, his father, where he came from playing for Dean Smith, played at North Carolina. It's, it, it's systematic and it's mm-hmm. not some anomaly. To me, LeBron James, growing up in an impoverished place with literally no structure and being anointed as the most gifted player from the streets of Akron when he was 13 years old, no father, single mother, surrounded by nothing but negative influences, and then to take the leap to go to a pretty much all-white Catholic school with his a couple of his buddies— and for them, I mean, you got if you if you haven't watched the shop, go watch the shop because the very first two episodes of the shop, Maverick Carter and LeBron James sit around and talk about what it was like when they first were at St. Vincent St. Mary's and the, the influence that had on them. Mm-hmm. Like the simplest things, LeBron's like, I remember the first time I went to one of my white friend's houses and I learned what a pantry was. I learned that you can have stuff in the refrigerator. Like this was not my reality. I didn't even know that people had enough money to buy food to put it on the shelf. I thought you just right. bought the food and ate the food. That was it. <laughs> right. But that's just amazing right. to think though, because there is no reason LeBron James should have been impervious to the pressure. There's none. There's all the reasons in the world that yep. he should have eroded and crumbled under fame, under money, like almost every single person that came before him. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's. I mean, even Kobe Bryant, you can explain why he had the structure to do it. He was multicultural. He lived in multi, multiple different countries. He didn't have the typical American athletic background. He had a professional basketball player as a father, uh, you know, a structured family life, all of these things that made him into this genius of a player. There's no reason LeBron should be who he is and where he is. The most crazy part about LeBron, though, is in his essence, in his spirit, when you watch press conferences from when he's 15 years old, 16 years old, same he's dude. the exact same. same. Yeah, same he's dude. the exact same. Yeah. And I don't even know how you get to the point where you, you <laughs> yeah. don't, you, 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 you are unaltered by the world around you. Yeah. It's, an, it's a magnificent gift. And in that, I think that that is where he's the greatest of all time. Speaking of magnificent gifts, we have one for the people, do we not? Yes, we do. What are we giving away? Because it's Tuesday. Tagliari Tuesdays. Let's Head on go. down to Tagliari Deli's best deli. I've never been to. Or I don't even call the best deli in Missoula or Montana. This is this is where it's at. It's on the Food Network for God's sakes. Today we got Mega Death Sandwich. Oh. 
This is this is all sorts of deliciousness and meats and everything. But if you want to try out Tagliari Deli, every Tuesday we're giving away twenty five dollars of Tagliari. You just got to make sure you tune into the first hour. We're not going to let you know the specific time. It's always a moving target. But right now three six one three six eight eight. Give us a call right now. Number two caller, you can get twenty five dollars gift certificate to Tagliari Deli. Absolutely the best sandwiches, sandwiches in the city of Missoula. Drake over there. I'm telling you what, open that thing up, would you, really quick? Because now, now, you know, you heard me salivating earlier. It wasn't because I don't know what to do on this job. It's because I saw that thing and I knew that this was on. Oh gracious! Oh gracious! This is a good time to take a yeah, break. Yeah, we got to take a break. Three six one three six eight eight. Get yourself a Tegliari Deli sandwich. Hey, who do you believe in more, the Bills or the Titans? Next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula. It's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. This is why you got to be here, Coulter. When it all falls apart, trying to breathe and talk and so forth, it's not my it's not my strong suit, oddly enough. Well, imagine when you're not here. <laughs> Zero-zero as they play in the second inning of the ALCS. Pardon me, NLCS. So what's going on first, the Dodgers and the uh, Atlanta Braves. Zero-zero, middle of the second inning. Braves, huge win. They got like four runs in the ninth inning last night. A couple of bombs. Big time. Big time out there out of the uh, Atlanta Braves getting that, getting that first win. Hey, Coulter, here's the question. Okay, who do you believe in more right now? About oh, 20 minutes from now, they're kicking off a Tuesday night version of NFL football. Two undefeated teams, the Titans and the Bills. Uh, it's up on Twitter right now at Gus Tutel. Who do you believe in more? Not just tonight, like not who do you think is going to win tonight? Because I think tonight's pretty definitive in my mind. But who do you believe in in the long haul? The Titans or the Bills? Uh, up on Twitter, it's a blowout. 96% are on the Bills. Well, yeah, we got smart listeners. They're listening to this show. Check that. You don't have a smart host. 94%. Mm, okay. Still Go back resounding. on that a little bit. Um, here's the thing. I think this is... I, I, I'm, I'm on the Bills, too. Like, if I have to answer the question, who do I like more, the Bills or the Titans long-term, I take the Bills. I don't think it's that obvious, though. Really? I think it's obvious tonight because I think that a dozen players aren't going to play for Tennessee. Okay? And I don't know I don't know how this is going to play out tonight and, and all of that. But the Titans 
A couple of things to consider. The Titans are the best team in the AFC South, it seems to me, by far. I thought the Colts were pretty good, but I don't think yeah, the, you Col- want to know what the, the Colts, Colts aren't as good as I thought they were. They got an old, tired, bad quarterback. Bad quarterback. He's bad, bad quarterback. He's bad. This is it. He's bad. He's making them lose their identity. I mean, they're they're already talking about is it time to bench Philip Rivers? Well, it is time to bench Philip Rivers. Bring in Jacoby Brissett right now. It is time to bench Philip Rivers because what the Colts should be, the Colts personnel wise are among the best defensive teams in football. The yes. Colts have never spun that narrative. I don't know why they've ever since Billy Polian was running that organization. They spun the we got the most cerebral quarterback, we got the best offense, we have these stalwart offensive players, and they've tried to maintain that identity, even though Peyton Manning and Dallas Clark and Marvin Harrison ain't there anymore. Now it's about DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard and Xavier Rhodes and these guys, and they're still trying to make it all about this other side of the ball, and that's not what it is. They should be a run-first, run-second team with a game-manager quarterback and play lights-out defense. They make the playoffs. Jonathan Taylor, 12 carries. Yuck. I mean, come on. Like, you know, what do you you think is going to happen? Anyway... That's not good, okay? So, but here's the other thing: it's the Jaguars, and now look, you want to go, you want to go optimistic on it, okay? Romeo Cornell is one and zero as the head coach of the Houston Texans. All right, shout out to Romeo. Yeah, of course, nice, he is. Nice old twenty games under five hundred now for his NFL career. Um, here's my point: the the Titans are the best team in the AFC South. The Bills, meanwhile, might be the best team in the AFC East, but they are going to be in an absolute dogfight with the New England Patriots for the duration of this thing. Okay, and that is part of why, if you're talking about long term, you might like a the, the the Titans because they have an easier path, certainly within their division in in general, to being good. The other thing is they've been there; they're in the AFC Championship game a year ago, and I think they have at least maintained. They lost a couple of guys defensively, but they have gained some offensively. Seems to me, and they're still. I mean, Derrick Henry is the real deal in the offensive line as well. I mean, this is a really good football team. So I like the Titans a lot, but I do think what I've seen out of Buffalo uh, this this season is everything that I wanted to see out of the Bills in terms of their their defense taking yet another step, which is a good defense, and this is an even better defense now. It's not a great defense yet, but it's headed in that direction. And who for who the Bills? It's not a great defense. It's a, it's a very good defense. Not a great defense. They I, they I give the Bills, up too many big plays. I think that that's just the, the name of the game in the first month and a half of co- the COVID NFL. Though, personnel wise, I I truly believe that the Buffalo Bills have the best secondary in the entire NFL besides the Baltimore mm. Ravens. Mm. Really? Mm. They're I mean they're good, very good. Who's got a better safety pair than Jordan Por- Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde? Diggs, Jamal Adams, Seattle Seahawks, better safety tandem. Jamal Adams is better than the two guys I named, but I just am still not sold on Diggs. Oh yes, um, he's pretty good. He's but. he's outstanding. The point is, is like you we think don't everything have to compare- about the Seahawks is better than it actually is because it's the only team you ever watch. Uh, well, first of all, that's false, and second of all, that's also false. Everything you've said there is false. You just come here and the hear Buffalo, us, The Buffalo Bills personnel, regardless, I'm, not, I'm not going down the the, uh, the Seahawks. 5-0. and Okay. They're going to be exactly the same they've been for the last eight years. Well, they're not going to be because they're, 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 they're not going to go 5-5 five and five or whatever in the last 10, 5-6. and six, It'd be 10-6. and six, They would have lost on Sunday if Dalvin Cook doesn't get hurt. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. The Buffalo Bills are 
one of the best defenses in the league. Personnel, they are. I, I agree. I think they're personnel. Wise. I think you're a great defense, and yeah. they have a, and they have above average offensive line, and they have above average skill players. With the addition of Stephon Diggs, actually, they have great skill players. I think, and they have the rising star at quarterback in the league. I want to ask you about this. Okay, I uh, so if you want my opinion on what I would vote in this poll, I put a hundred dollars on the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, you, you're not saying you would. You did. I did. Yeah, you did do that. I did. Um, That's only because of the odds. I actually think that the Buffalo Bills are like probably the sixth or seventh best runner-up contender. But you give it to me at plus eight thousand, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Okay. Well, no, nobody's arguing the the value play that you got there. But I want to talk to you about Josh Allen for a moment because yeah. uh, you and I, capital L, love Josh Allen. He is. I I said earlier, and I I stand by this. He's the, the the player in the league I would pay the most to watch. Not because I think he's the best, but because I think he is just. It is. It is every cent of your dollar of excitement that you could ever want out of a quarterback. He's going to deliver to you week in and week out. We've seen so many guys come into the league with great talent, great upside, mercurial personalities. Mm-hmm. And then would they start to ride the roller coaster because their front offices and their head and the coaching staffs are in denial of their own flaws or they refuse to invest in the things that this player needs to protect them or they give them weapons? We let, a lot of times, I truly think this. I think NFL organizations, when they make a pick that is a – controversial is the wrong word, but it's, it's a boom or bust type pick yeah and then the guy starts waffling they let the kid burn to the ground because mm. they don't want to accept the flaws it's the number one thing i'm worried about with joe burrow if i'm the cincinnati Bengals, i'm doing nothing but spending every dime and dollar i got to scout offensive linemen sign offensive linemen draft offensive linemen you gotta let joe burrow stay upright else you're just gonna make him with his confidence is gonna go all the way down the toilet but 90 runs in one pitch that is the script on offense for the <laughs> Bengals for the rest of the season it. Hand the ball off to Joe Mixon and then occasionally pitch it. Yeah. Not one more pass should be thrown in Cincinnati <laughs> at all, period. All I'm saying, though, is that you saw the up and downs of Josh Allen right away, but you also saw flashes of this ferocious yes. competitor. Yes, yes. But what they did was they, instead of riding him to death, and it's, he's also fortunate for being in Buffalo, being in a smaller media market, so he's not mm-hmm. getting as killed as much as he might have could have been, and the quarterbacks in his draft, all these different things deflected from Josh Allen. But they invested in everything around him and now he's blossoming. You give him an elite receiver. Look what he can do. Right. You give him multiple running backs. You sign an offensive lineman and draft another one. Now all of a sudden you've got the dudes to protect him. And you just wonder how many guys like Josh Allen go down the tubes because the front offices just let them burn. And I just think it's great that they've done this. When Josh Allen first came in the league, I thought he was going to be a bust. I didn't like him. I didn't like his personality. He's 100% changed it for me. He's one of my favorite players in the entire NFL. I love him. Absolutely. I mean, to watch him is, is the greatest. And if he's, he's your, such a good competitor. If he's your quarterback, if you're a Buffalo fan, you got to be absolutely thrilled that he's your quarterback. Oh, Until, and this is going to happen, he rips your heart out. Because I here's here's what Josh Allen is to me, and I'm don't don't overplay what I'm saying here. In his gunslinger attitude, I'm not saying skill. I'm not saying any of this stuff. Just in the way that he refuses to let a play die, I know will always throw it anytime, every time. He's Brett Favre. He is. He's Brett Favre. And you know what he's got added to that? The gunslinging, if I can say it like that, runner. He takes <laughs> and, off and he does and, not care. And he's also 6'5", 240. Oh, he's, he's rolling people. He's rolling people. So you take 
the 95% good for the 5% tragedy of he is going to throw it back across his body inexplicably and throw the interception at the worst possible moment. You just know that it is coming. The thing that you hope is that he's also got the magic, which he appears to have, to make up for it. I mean, was it week three, week two, week three, the Bills are up 28-3? to three? Couple turnovers, some bad plays later, they're down 31-28. And what does he do? He drives you down and wins you the game at the end. In a game that you should have never had. He should have been on the bench. He should have been parked on the bench and getting reps for the backup, and it never happened. That's the roller coaster you're on with Josh Allen as your quarterback, but that roller coaster is going to be a thrill, and you're going to leave the room happy more often than not with him playing it. So I I love it. The most appealing part about Josh Allen is the authenticity of his leadership. I know that the sh- – you don't even want to call it a shtick – but the 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 spectacle that was Tim Tebow rubbed some people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But Tim Tebow had a very authentic style of leadership. No doubt. I think that Tom Brady, even though he's soulless, still <laughs> I think he, I think his his methods are at least tried and true because he hasn't really. I wavered. would say so. But but what I'm saying though is the thing that drives me the most crazy is the false bravado, the Kurt Cousins. Do you like that? The Philip Rivers. Like I'm gonna act emotional and scream at the refs to mask the fact that the reason this game is close is because I suck. <laughs> like that. That's really. It really is though because there's so many dudes who have false bravado and then there's guys that are real leaders. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen. You, you know who he, he, he Brett Favre's a, a pretty good comparison in, in terms of the never let a play die. But you want to know who he reminds me of. He, to me, Josh Allen is a combination of Donovan McNabb and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm, that's a pretty good combo. <laughs> because he he has that sacrifice your body for the team that Ryan Fitzpatrick's got. He's got that steadfast leadership like Donovan McNabb. He's got the big arm. He's mobile, mobile enough. Steve, oh, he's, he's very mobile. Steve McNair is another one that kind of comes to mind. I, I know that... It, and honestly, Josh Allen is somewhat like Cam Newton, too. He's not nearly as volatile emotionally, but he is like that kind of leader, too. It's so funny that you say somewhat mobile, and I know we got to wrap it up. If Josh Allen was playing football even 10 years ago, he would be the greatest running quarterback we'd ever seen. Oh, people wouldn't even know what to do with him, though, because he's so big. I mean, he ran a right. four six eight at the combine for, at 6'5", 240. That's right. ridiculous. But now, but, but because we've seen first Cam Newton, and now, I mean, name it, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, even, even uh, you know, Mahomes to an extent. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he's like, yeah, well, he's pretty mobile. Are you kidding me? It's like, he's a great runner. Russell Wilson also. Uh, all right, well, 5 o'clock. If you're looking for a place to go watch this game, how about the Silver Slipper? Silver Slipper has 55 televisions. You can watch all the games that are on. You got the NLCS right now. It's going on, right? Braves, Dodgers. You got the Bills, Titans later on. The ALCS after that, huge, huge game for the Astros. They got to get one down two games to none uh, against the Rays. And you can watch it all at the Silver Slipper today. Drink specials every single day. 20 keto machines. They got a liquor store. Pizza, of course. You got to eat something. Can't wash this stuff on an empty stomach. Your favorite team is always going to be on your favorite sport at the Silver Slipper. And by the way, the card room is back open again. Games every night at 7 o'clock. Call or text 333-1500. That's 333-1500. Or go online, MissoulaPoker.com. You can get information there. Stop by today. See why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. Check them out on Facebook as well. Daily drink specials up to the date info. 
winter sports, the high school level in the state of Montana. Some info forthcoming next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Winter sports, the high school level going to be delayed a little bit. It is Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. If you're looking uh, for me, for us, that's where you go on Twitter. Uh, Coulter, the the MHSA uh, today announced that they are going to delay the start of the winter sports season. Obviously, that includes basketball, volleyball, so so on, uh, by three weeks. Uh, the stated reason is we have seen a uh, an increase and a spike in uh, COVID-19 in the state of Montana. And uh, they want to give communities uh, and just the state in general the opportunity to flatten the curve once again. Uh, they think that three weeks, you know, in terms of a timeline here is probably uh, hopefully sufficient in, in terms of getting us back to where we want to be in regard to you know, COVID and and uh, and tracking the cases and so on. Uh, we know, by the way, around the state of Montana, you know that we've we're we're one of just a handful of states right now in the red in terms of the percentages that we're dealing with right now. And uh, you know, we got to get that back under control. And certainly, the MHSA, you know, is using uh, that in, in, as its sort of directive on how to do this. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Three week delay at this moment for winter sports uh, across the state. I think that we we keep focusing on the pandemic, and it's obviously it's obvious why we do that. But the the health of the student athletes, the high school athletes, that that's the timing is what's the essential portion of this. We saw Butte Central cancel their first football game this year, and it had nothing to do with coronavirus. Right, it had to do with coronavirus impacting their preseason workouts, and the coaches saying. We're just not ready. Mm-hmm. We just haven't had enough practices for us to feel safe to let our guys go perform. We didn't have enough time in the weight room. Our guys aren't strong enough and in condition enough. We need another extra week of practice to be able to get this going. To me, this delay is more about helping flatten the curve so we can get more people in the stands if and when that becomes a reality. But also, it just delays the amount of time. So basically now you can start practice December in early December. You don't have to play games until after the new year. So you can have an elongated amount of practice. So everybody's in good physical condition because regardless of what the situation is across the state and across the country, no one's in as good a physical condition as they should be in. So allotting more time for internal practices like that, I think is a good thing. And I think that's probably the number one reason they're doing this. Yeah. Well, it's, it's certainly, you know, worth noting, we're going to roll through here the football season and we're, 
two weeks away from the end of the regular season in in uh, high school football across the state, and then we'll have you know a shortened by basically a one week shortened state tournament uh, at uh, at most of these levels, and 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 then we'll be done for a little while, and then get back into it, and uh, you know. It's all well and good. I mean, I, it, this is the stuff. When, when you're, the winter sports are indoor sports in the state of Montana, yes. obviously. So I don't know that the timing of this from the sports standpoint is all that impactful. You know what I mean? Like football, you got to like, well, when are we going to do it if we're going to do it in the spring? How can we get out there and start practicing? You know, for, 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 for basketball, for volleyball, it's like, okay, well, we'll just open up the gym and go when it's time to go. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. But let's get that curve flattened out. Let's get our masks on and let's, uh, you know, get ourselves straight across the board here in the state of Montana. No student sections, which is going to be too bad for high school basketball, but no pep bands. That's a bummer. That is a bummer. Um, pep bands have been great uh, for what they're supposed to be there for in terms of playing the music and doing the thing in between. And there's also been a couple of moments of the tuba players a little too close to the referee, and there's some gold in there too. Love love some of those moments. Finish up this uh prep segment here yes hellgate girls they advanced in the class AA soccer playoffs today those began today so we'll have scores for you later on uh this week probably tomorrow and thursday but to hellgate won five one over flathead and girls to advance and there's a couple other matches ongoing so we'll have updates for you on those soon very good hour number one in the books hour two straight ahead our opportunity bank coaches corner scott evans he is the head coach of the helena high Bengals. helena high is undefeated the uh, marquee matchup of the week. Helena High against Sentinel in Missoula. Two 5-0 teams playing for the top spot in the state. We'll hear from him right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 